So no one knows the words, they just clap. Come on, Chris, you sing in a band. Sing, goddammit, give him a mic. Give that man a mic. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Do you want to hear something very cool? Yes. Alexa, can you rap? My name is Alexa, and I'm here to say I'm the baddest AI in the cloud today. Oh! But why not faster? Sucker speech engine. They call me master. <laughs> What's up, hustlers? Welcome to the Matt Brown Show. Reflection. Reflection is one of the most underused yet powerful tools for success. My good friend Alan Reyes, the CEO of Racecorp, recently put out a tweet which said, Holidays in the past used to be about R&R, rest and recreation, a 20th century concept. I think R&R needs a new definition for the 21st century, rest and hashtag reflection. Quality quiet time to reflect is so hard to find these days, and it's critically important in today's manic, fast-paced world that we play in every day as entrepreneurs. In this, the final episode of the Map Round Show of 2018, I invited the hugely entertaining and quirky Carmen Murray to host the Map Round Show, and we reflect on what has gone down this year, what I've learned from yet another incredible year running this podcast, and what has gone down in the world of digital kung fu. But before we jump into the action, I'd just like to say thank you to each and every one of you who have spent time this year listening and now watching the show on YouTube and across social media. Thanks to your support, the show has consistently been in the top 20 podcasts in the country for over 18 months now, has been the number one in management and marketing on 13 different occasions, and is currently in the top 100 shows in the category around the world. This really means so much to me and my team who produced this show for you. So here's to wishing you, the entrepreneur, your best year yet in 2019. Hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so hey guys, welcome back to the Christmas edition of the Map Round Show. This is probably going to be the last show. Uh, You never know um, uh, with with me and what happens in my world, but uh, probably the last show of 2018. So, to commemorate this, you'll notice we have decorated thy studio with lots of Christmas apparel. And also today, I have gifted the Matt Brown Show as a Christmas gift to Carmen Murray. <laughs> Carmen, welcome. <laughs> uh-huh, thank you so much, and you're going to regret this. I probably am. I'm already <laughs> regretting it. So, <laughs> so Carmen, uh, who are you? Uh, I know you have your own show, but why don't you fill our viewers and listeners in on what you're all about? Sure. So um, I'm Carmen Murray. I'm all about get, getting businesses future fit. I'm passionate about fearless women. Um, I'm quite an activist when it comes to that. I'm a purpose activist. And at the same time, I run a business that focuses on customer journey mapping. Uh, well, not just customer journey mapping, but customer experiences and innovation. And I love tech. And you have your own show. Yes, I do. The Carmen Murray Show. The Carmen Murray Show. So the Carmen Murray Show is aimed to future fit yourself. And it's all about um, interviewing celebrities and alchemists and newsmakers, business experts, and just getting a different twist and, um, you know, from different people on where the future is going in so many different arenas. Okay. So who have you had on your show? 
Who? Let me think. I've had um, John Flismas on the show. Megan. Uh, oh, yes, you know she's going to shoot me. Oh, <gasps> now I forgot her name. Okay, Adriana Marie. <laughs> Adriana Marie was my favorite. We uh-huh. actually had a shot of vodka before the show because I said to her, part of the Mars One project mm-hmm. is to, um, you know, what's her Mars bar going to look like? So I handed over Mars bars to her and I said, here's your first bottle for your Mars bar, and it was a bottle. Of vodka because you can grow potatoes on Mars, according to the movie that we watched. So okay. I handed it over to her, and she was like, "Okay, where's the glasses?" It was like, ah! yeah, so, she's yeah, fun. That was she's quite fun. Cool. So, well, that's great. So, if you guys uh, haven't checked out Carmen Show, please go and do that now. I assume it's available everywhere. Yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the whole lot. Awesome. So, what's in store for me today? <laughs> please wear this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm no, now. I'm now. Have I really? Okay. My goodness, we have to give you a sense of style. You'll give notice. Wait. Come on. <laughs> but hang on, you'll notice I went bling forward, <laughs> not skin forward. The stars are I'm bright. all about the stars, eh? Why are you making me go skin forward? That's retarded. I'm going. I'm going stars. We have to bling. You had it the wrong way around. Yeah. Yeah, okay, blinging you see, in. Now you Great. look cute and it's going to suit everything that the internet <sighs> has to say about you. see the headlines now. McBrown wears <laughs> okay. bling reindeer horns. So, <laughs> Shut up, Sonal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, something that we do on the Carmen Murray show is I have an assistant. I'm very scared of saying her name because she's going to interrupt, her, uh, interrupt us. Her, her what name is her is, name? Her name is Alexa. Uh, Alexa. Okay, because um, she's on um, and she's listening to every word we say. So Is she listening to you or anyone? To anyone. Really? Yeah. Huh. Listen, the coolest gadget ever and she's much smarter than Siri. Is she? Yeah, I don't like Siri on my show. She embarrasses me way oh no, too we much. We tried. It fails. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's start. Alexa, sing us a Christmas song. So no one knows the words, they just clap. <laughs> Come on, Chris, you sing in a band. Sing, goddammit, give him a mic. Give that man a mic. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Do you want to hear something very cool? Yes. Alexa, can you rap? My name is Alexa. And I'm here to say, I'm the baddest AI in the cloud today. Oh! But mine are faster. Sucker speech engines. They call me master. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Okay. So she's my co-host and she will um, be part of the show today. So if she gives us a little bit of a problem. They call me gangster. (laughs) Gangster. Master. The country song is... The worst. But yeah, I'm not going to go there. It's not the right time for fan. this. <laughs> I'm a fan of Alexa. She's cool. I love Alexa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to go and have a look to see what is the first image that comes up when I Google Matt Brown. Uh-huh. And what do you find? The immortal. It's like this WWF <laughs> martial art MMA. kung fu person. I don't know. The real Matt Brown. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to know, do you have all of this muscle because you're trying to aspire to be like him? 
Um, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Although, although I would aspire to be as savage as he is. Do you know that he's actually died before? So what? he he was a drug uh, addict, yeah. um, and so he overdosed on heroin. <gasps> and this was before he became an MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when he died. Uh, he somehow came back to life and then immediately went and bought a few more grams of coke. But then he got into MMA, fixed and, you know, sort of sorted out his life and stuff, pretty much similar to what I've done. Um, and so when he gets into a cage, can you imagine going up against someone who's already died? It's not like you're going to hit him in the face. He's like, this guy's just got another level to him. So, so he's described as a savage. So I'm glad that uh, when you Google Matt Brown, you find MMA fighters. <laughs> okay, but now you touch on something very interesting. So you say so you said that um, there's a lot of similarities to you in your life. So what do you mean by that? Uh, just in the sense of, you know, have, having to reinvent oneself. So, you know, I've founded nine companies, six of those failed. This is the, I sold two, hopefully I'll, make do a right with this one so far so good uh, but yeah i mean you know failure and basically taking on challenges which is kind of what matt brown the mma fighter does better than a lot of people um is that you know he takes these things you know head on and he solves the problem that's in front of him mm. and he's also um he's also not really a, a media whore like you would find you mm. know uh who's that irish fighter <gasps> mcgregor mcgregor i mean i love him Okay, but like you can see the differences between the yeah. two personalities. So Matt yeah. Brown just gets in the ring and fucks those guys up, and then that's that. Makes his cash and he leaves. You know, yeah. McGregor's launching you know whiskey brands and suit brands and all these kind of things. So, so I kind of relate more personally to Matt Brown, the MMA fighter, than uh, mm. than McGregor. Although you know I do have a show and stuff like that. So that's a bit of a, a paradox, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I think that that's quite um, fascinating, and and my husband actually. Um, he taught me everything about sports. How he taught me how to learn about uh, football was with a pair of shoes, the offside rule, because I knew nothing about football. <laughs> I, to, I, I mean, hello. I sound so like a dumb blind. But um, although that's something I don't like to say. Um, but uh, the, the interesting thing is, is that there's so many lessons to be learned from um, from any type of sport. And, I mean, Jenna Clifford um, once told me that you really need to have – um, the skill of sport to teach you the tenacity and endurance that you need to pursue in mm. order to make your career work. Yeah, so I've just taken up jujitsu. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and I really dig the MMA scene. So, mm. so like it's it's actually about discipline, you know, and being able to understand that every situation is different. Like if you're gripped in a certain way, there's a certain response to get your opponent to the floor. So equally, if he comes from behind or is from the side or whatever, there's always different, you know, responses based on what contextually is happening. Um, and so also to, to master anything, uh, it requires an incredible amount of discipline. So when it comes to discipline, you're either going to suffer the pain of regret or you're going to suffer the pain of discipline. And a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they, they're not prepared to, to basically be disciplined enough to get to the result. There's, you know, and I'm not talking about everyone. I'm saying there's, it's, pre, it's prominent, you know. Um, and, you know, every single successful entrepreneur I've interviewed over the last three years has that quality. It's just an incredible tenacity and fight to take on things that are bigger than them. And that's what's great about jujitsu. 
like my son, he's in the bottom 25 percentile of like wow. sites, right? So, so at school, he's going to be a, a fucking machine because if anyone touches him, he's going to break them. Um, and so, and, and that's, and that's wow. what I, that's what I hope for him, but that's what jujitsu does. It's a skill set that allows you to mm. take on things that are bigger than what you currently are. Mm. So it enables you to then foster belief in oneself and develop a, you know, a kind of tenacity to take on the world completely on your terms. Those audacious goals. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, I find like, you know, business pushes you from pillar to post. So, mm. and you know, you oscillate between incredible highs. Like when, you know, when we've closed seven figure deals this year, it was like amazing. And then oftentimes when you lose a client, which we've also done, uh, because they weren't the right client for us, it feels pretty shitty. You know what I'm saying? So oftentimes it's, it's really about how you translate those experiences personally and how you then use that lesson or insight to your point to mm. then move yourself and your team and ultimately your business forward. 100%. So now that we're talking fighting, come on, flex a muscle for us. <laughs> okay, this is fucking flex embarrassing. it. Okay, there you go. Okay, he's flexing a muscle. Okay. So the reason I asked him to flex a muscle is not for any other reason but the fact that we need to look at 2018 and go into the muscle memory and try and understand were you born did you know that you're going to be an entrepreneur? Was it something that you aspired to? Was it something you learned? How did that journey, be, be, you know, start as an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, I've watched my dad fail a lot, also succeed quite a lot. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's just, you know, he used to drive me around Cape Town, the streets of Cape Town, and, you know, when I was very young, like 13, and he would, he'd, he'd point out shops on, like, Adderley Street. And I remember there was this neon, like, sign shop, you know, where you put neon signs outside of retail stores. And he was like, yeah, you could run one of those. Or in the next shop, or you could do one of those, you know, trying to get me to think about business and what have you. But really, but really where the seed came from was when he, when he opened up a gun shop in 1990, sorry, this is before 94, so this is probably like in the 80s, uh, when Chris Harney got shot. Um, and everyone went and bought guns. Like it was, we were on the brink of civil war. There were riots on the streets. It was a very, very scary time for South Africa. And he just happened to own a gun shop. So they were literally taking hundreds of thousands of rands a day cash over the counter, just selling guns. So the business did really well. Um, and, uh, and, but, but it couldn't scale. And the reason why it couldn't scale was because he, him and his partners didn't see that business as a business that could scale. It didn't lend itself to scale. So when you're in a bricks and mortar sort of, you know, play, it's like it requires another bricks and mortar store and another, that's cash intensive uh, business, right? So if you, if your market's not liquid enough, then how do you enable that? And if you don't really have the desire and the hunger, hunger yourself and as an executive team to see that business scale, it will never scale. And so what, what they didn't do was scale. <laughs> and ultimately, um, when the steam left the market and everything calmed down, the business eventually closed. So they missed their kind of opportunity. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess the, the, the lesson there was just really watching my dad fail a lot and also succeed a lot. And then he had, uh, he started fast and fresh logistics. He had a wood distribution business. Um, sure, this he's is, done a lot. Yeah, eh? he's done a lot. Um, and so, yeah, 
that's just part of those things. And by the way, like this is the thing, like most entrepreneurs get that seed from their mm. parents or watching some like Brian Altrich from Rocker Mom is also another one, you know. Mm. Um it's just a, something that's ingrained in you, you know. Yeah. Michael Van Straten from Very Mark, same thing, you know. Mm. Um or you're just not employable. Mm. So I have a really bigger problem with authority because my dad was pretty strict on me as a kid. So mm. I'm like very much like fuck you. <laughs> and, and like uh, in terms of motivation, you know. Um and so yeah, so when you bring those things together, that creates a desire just to, you know, go and build things. Wonderful. And I think it's also a, a great lesson for your audience, but I think for all of us as entrepreneurs is the fact that um, you really need to be committed to it. You know, it's, it's not just like, okay, I'm just arriving and I have this big dream. You really have to have, understand what that is. And it, it is inspired um, in my case, for example, it's been inspired by failures, um, lots of failures through my parents' eyes as, as well. And I was just like, I'm not having that life. Um, but yeah, uh, quotes of the day. Oh, right. Yeah, quote of the day. <clears throat> I actually tweeted this. You're so, giving it away before so, you say it. No, no, no but I want to get this right because I think it's it's really, really important because it kind of sums up um, a lot of the of this year for, for Digital Kung Fu and for my team. So the quote goes, uh, one of the greatest weaknesses of people in business is the preference for being right over the need to be effective. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up, it's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Wait, sorry. This needs a <laughs> booyah. Okay, that was cool. Say it again. Yeah, so it just, I mean, okay. So the, one of the greatest weaknesses of people in business, entrepreneurs, is the preference for being right over the need to be effective. Um, and I, I mean, that really lives is so fucking true in the world of crypto, mm. where the it's just it, there's just a load of opinions um, mm. and no real evidence to in a lack of use cases in general um, but also just from a client's agency relationship it's like you're paying an agency to be creative to solve a problem for you and if you're if you as the client aren't prepared to um, give your agency the rope it needs to be able to be effective um, then the relationship will never be sustainable do you know what I mean no, um, and so it's kind of like well it's it's identity politics actually and how that then manifests in the business space so it's about being effective like mm -hmm. that's how effective you know for you personally as a as an entrepreneur like how you live your life like i've stopped drinking and basically been you know completely sober and clean for like 18 months uh, Congratulations. because because that's what it takes <laughs> 
<clears throat> you know what I mean? So like I, I, I got to a point where I wasn't dealing with stress very well, you know, and so we all have vices and stuff like that. And, mm. and mine was basically things that don't really lend itself to success. So, so I basically can that shit. Um, and so again, it's sacrifice, you know, and so you have to, in order to be effective, it's all about sacrifice. And actually it's got a lot to do with pain. So like, you know, this business has a certain kind of pain. Like every one of my staff here has a certain kind of pain. So to you, billionaires, multi-millionaires, I don't give you who the fuck you are. Like you have pain and it's about dealing with that pain mm. in such a manner that it doesn't define you, but that it actually pushes you forward. So that's what it means to be effective in the personal space, but then also in the business space, well, then what does that mean? Mm. And that's actually about unlearning things, you know, taking on, uh, challenging your own beliefs and your own conventions about how you think things should be. Mm. Um, and, you know, putting faith in your people um, because without great people, you don't have a business. Mm. Um, and so that's what it means to be effective in that space. So it's actually about, you know, looking at the two sides of the coin and saying, well, what is, what do I need to change within myself in order to be effective as a human being ultimately so that right. I can make a difference to the staff that are, you know, mm. that work with me, but also the difference that it can make to my clients and ultimately to the world at large, mm. you know? Um, and, and that's, that's those dynamics and that paradigm needs to be consistently evaluated every week, every day, you know, in different ways. Mm. Um, and it's hard and that's, yeah. that's, that's actually where growth starts because entrepreneurship, at least in my view is like 80% personal and 20% business. It's like how you interact with people, you know, like, and also like you got to have a connection to something bigger than yourself. You got to have connection to a community that you serve, like jujitsu or, you know, um, creative people, whatever the case is. Um, and, you know, all these things combine to create someone of value because that's actually uh, also where the game starts and stops because the question is, can you be competitive? Not just as a business, but can you be competitive as a person? You know, like, like my son, if that's all I hope to be uh, instilling in him is the means to be effective and to be competitive against everybody else. Because the tools, you know, if you go back 10 years, if you had access to the internet and versus someone that didn't, you win. Now, if you're looking at the whole world being connected in the next three years, five years or whatever the case is, and now you've got, you know, Microsoft um, Head Start, which we launched. I mean, you get all these tools, ridiculous tools, cloud-based tools for free, right? So it's ne the tools are now for free. AI will become available for free. The Singularity Net, you know, um, which is like a, a marketplace for AIs, yeah. regulated by, by AI. So if you're some kid sitting in the Congo and you have a great idea for an AI and you build that thing, you can make a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So the tools are no longer the game. It's actually the person. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really where I see the biggest opportunity for for any entrepreneur, whether they're aspiring or in markets or otherwise, um, is to play the game of growth and value, Correct. and and in the process of doing that, being competitive. Hi, I'm Craig Collins, the CEO of Cradle Technology and the developers of Granite Wells Management. Working with the Digital Kung Fu team and Matt Brown has been amazing. Um, their responsiveness is just brilliant. They always get back to you so quickly and the quality of their output is brilliant. So really enjoying working with them and really enjoying what we're doing and going forward. I think we've got a great future. I, I really like what you're saying and you know, most reasons why entrepreneurs fail is because they don't do their research properly. 
and they don't understand the needs of their customers or their clients and the service that they need to provide. Yes, we see, you know, we, this disruption, um, although it's a word being used very, very loosely, but we're seeing how technology is evolving. I personally believe that we're going back into the age of the Renaissance, getting creative again. Um, getting back to your roots and, and actually sitting down with a friend um, recently, we were sitting down on the floor like two little kids and the creativity that that actually flowed out of us was absolutely amazing. No distractions. So it's in, in this age, you need to make time for that. That 70-20-10 rule, you know, the innovation yep. rule. 70% of your day should be spent on day-to-day operations. 20% of your day should be spent on improving your day-to-day. And 10% should be spent on exploring and, and, and letting the creative side flow. And I think that's such an important thing for entrepreneurs because you try to be something for everyone. You have to do business development. You have to execute. You have to do all of those things. How do you cope with, with that? Because, I mean, obviously your team has grown immensely. I was quite shocked to see how big your team has grown. Round of applause. Round of applause. Well done. Let's see. <laughs> Oh, she's listening way too much. She's she? eavesdropping. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I guess, um, so that what's the question? How do you manage all of that? Well, so, I mean, how, like before everybody arrived, like how did you, as you would say, hustle this whole, this whole baby to what it is today? Yeah. So, just to go back on why I think, or why most why businesses fail is, is, is people like to point to cash flow. Yes, and it's a, it's a symptom, but actually… Mm. You can solve that shit. You just sell more, yeah. you know. So, so what, what does it actually come down to? So, for me, it's about giving up. That's why you. That's why businesses die. It's mm. because at some point the founders give up. Mm. Something happens. They they blame cash flow, but actually it's sales, and therefore that's your problem. It's not you know. It, it could have been solved if you had just done those things. Look, it's not in all cases, but in in in, in a large portion of the cases, um, it's because. You quit, and mm. you know those six businesses that I've that failed t- after like years of fucking thinking about it and meditating on it and like really processing stuff. It actually came down to that one thing: just quitting. Shit got real. We put millions into a business. It wasn't turning a profit, and it it quit. I mean, you know, there's no excuse when you're in the hurt locker to quit ever. Like um, we're talking to Ian Fur a couple of weeks ago on the show. He put 19 million into Sorbet. Okay. Mm. And it hadn't turned a profit after five years. It was even longer, eight years. Sure. I mean, do you see? Like, if I can tell you now, out of a thousand entrepreneurs, nine hundred and ninety would have quit. Mm. But he was mm. like, "Fuck that! I'm going to keep going." And he started as soon as he started his franchise store. It then started to take off, and now he sold this to Bidvest for God knows how much money, right? So, and so that's the game. You know, there's always another move. No matter how hard it gets, there's always another move. So, going back to your second part of the question, six months ago, five months ago, it was basically me, only me, right? So, there's, and then, so I hired Mav, and we were in a broom cupboard at the Mesh Club for like, I don't know, whatever it was. (laughs) And then, since, and then, since then, uh, we've now there's now ten staff. Um, we've got a client to New York. We've done work for the United Nations. It's like, it's just it's scaled and the market is shit, right? Um, and so you and then you say, well, why? Why is that the case? Um, and I think it's just purely it's an there's no one thing that you can point to. But the one thing I will say it's that it's the hustle. Like you you just never quit. You just keep pushing. We've I pivoted digital kung fu 
three times to get to where it is, trying to find a space, a niche that's liquid enough to build a brand and a business that can scale. And it took 18 months, two years to get to that place. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, countless conversations with the wife and with myself about why I should uh, run to the safety of corporate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've been there and I've done that, you know, and when once you do that, you start to realize, well, what if? Yeah. You know, so again, going back to the thing, either you're going to, uh, you know, suffer the pain of regrets or you're going to suffer the pain of discipline. Yeah. And that's actually what, that's why I believe this business has started to scale. I mean, we, you know, next year, is going to be huge for us. We've got, I think, four clients onboarding in January. Well done. You know, so that's, and but mainly also I have to say it's because of the team. Yeah. You know, so I have to thank all of you guys for, for making this happen because, you know, well without done. you guys. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Woohoo. You need a booyah. <laughs> booyah. For those of you that don't know, my business is called Booyah. So Stop this crying, is the thing. <laughs> It's my little booyah hand. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about, so the interesting thing is, and, and I'm experiencing this in my journey, is you start the business and you're like full of energy and you're super optimistic and then the reality hits. And then it's like, this is actually a very, very lonely journey. It's not, it's not, it, it, I love what I do and I love people, but I just want to be around people all the time because I'm that kind of person. And then dealing with the realities of that it's that there's a lot of tenacity and perseverance that needs to take place, but picking yourself up all the time is not an easy thing to do. So how did you manage to do that? Uh, Yeah, great question. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know. You either have the fight or you don't. Um, And yeah, I, I, again, I don't think it's one thing. It's just, you know, I use that quote. It's like, it's not how hard you get hit. But it's how hard you got hit and can you stand up again? Yeah. It's just like you, either you have the fight in you or you're not. It's like I say, I've said many times on, on the show, you know, anyone can become an entrepreneur, but it's not for everyone. Like it takes a very particular type of personality who, if I like the other thing I will say, it's, it comes down, if you, any successful person that I've interviewed, when you start to peel away the onion layers, mm. you will find a vein of pain. Something where they were disadvantaged, something where something bad happened to them, and they were like, "Fuck this, I'm not going to let this happen to me again." You know, uh, either it was like you know the the fact that your dad didn't acknowledge you, you know, never said that he was proud of you, or whatever the case is. There's something in your past that deep down in you is a belief that you hold on to, and around that belief are a set of values that you just hold so close to you that you that you won't compromise. Um, and so it's not. It's like you either you in like in, in as an entrepreneur, you're negotiating with yourself every day. It's like, am I going to do this or not? And if I don't do this, <laughs> then this is what's going to happen. You know, it's like if this 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 it can't fail. It's like there's an analogy. One of my failed businesses was uh, I was 26 years old. I just sold my record label and I decided I was going to teach people about how to achieve shit. So I was in London. 
<laughs> and what, uh, what shit? <laughs> yeah, like how to achieve I'm goals. Like it's and, like growing ganja somewhere in the yeah. basement. No, or that's what? another business. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so so basically, it was it was a self help company. So I, you know, I had a bit of a story. I was 26, and I you know built a whole bunch of content, and I booked a venue, and I did some marketing, and bought some ads, and what have you. I was living in London, and um, and on the day of the event, so like I pull in there, and I've got like 50 seats, you know. And I'm thinking, cool. And guess how many people arrived? Uh, I don't know. Only one. Do you know that was me? So not a single person oh arrived. My God. And and what I didn't realize at the time was that as a 26 year old, who wants to take advice from you about life? Uh, <laughs> it's because you haven't really lived, oh, right? So, so but deep, but yeah. you don't know. You oh. don't know. And that's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. So it's not even the devil that you know. It's like you just don't fucking know until you're there. Correct. So then, so then, what I did was like, well, huh? How do I fix this problem? And I think if I'd cons- if I would have worked out a way, do you know what I mean? I would have changed the the narrative so that it better suits a business, for instance, like how like a business coach. Okay, much better than a life coach. Do you know what I'm saying back then? Um, and so it, that was all popularized by movies like The Secrets and all this kind of crap. So I kind of like lost my way. But that was like a huge failure. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so but, but it's not a bad failure. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, those failures are definitely – every failure, failure in your life comes together in this one point. It's like how a star is formed. Mm. Um, you know, so you do need those failures. Yeah. So if you fail, you learn, so you win. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Spot on. So, but yeah, but that's but – that's, the negotiation, right? Mm. So, but you're either negotiating with yourself to fail mm. or you're negotiating with yourself to win. And ultimately, the, the bridge between those two things is the story you keep telling yourself about why you can't have it. My story then when I was 26 was, well, who wants to take advice about life from a 26-year-old? Mm. Boom, business failed. You know, um, when we were, we put, I don't know, it's like a couple million into a tracking bracelet for kids for parents so you could track the location of your kids and we were importing the products from china and uh the, the literally is true crap chinese products and uh, they weren't waterproof they broke and so we wanted it the, the, i mean the business case was there it just required too much capital than i had access mm. to from the sale of my previous business in order to invest in this thing to, to keep it scaling and so we gave up or I gave up yeah. again because I didn't explore things like crowdfunding. I mean, it yeah. was there, the biggest disruption in funding for Correct. businesses ever, you know, more than ICOs, more than anything else. And it didn't, I just didn't explore it because the narrative in my head didn't allow me to, or didn't get me there. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so that's, that's really what it is. It's, it's the story that you keep, you know, telling yourself about why you can't have something, why are you the victim or why are you the victor? And, you know, this, that, I think, you know, looking back at digital Kung Fu, this is why we specialize in storytelling because it's a psychological way to approach value creation in the brand and, 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 uh, you know, communication space. Mm. It's expressed differently, whether you're a brand or whether you're a person. And that's why we, you know, we focus on CEO branding or talent, branding of talent, and then we branding of brands. Um, and, and that's going back to the question a while back, which is, you know, why have we succeeded is because we are actually getting fucking good at storytelling. 
Um, and that's, that's really the kind of thing it's always been with me, you know, it's kind of like now, you know, I've got two book deals. I've got to somehow write these bloody books, but, um, I, I was just saying writing a book is no, no joke. It's a, it's a lot of time and effort. Yeah. It's hard, man. And you know, I got <laughs> new, new, new kid at home and everything. So, so it's like, it's super hard, but, it, but again, it's all story, yeah. you know? So yeah. So it's, it's, that's pretty much. What do you think is the secret to storytelling? Structure. So yeah. when you understand that a story is a sequence of events that leads to something, then you mm-hmm. can always tell a story in a formulaic way. So people seem to think that, you know, a lot of such say people, a lot of brands think they have great stories, mm. but it, maybe they do, but they suck at getting that across. Mm. You know, you've got fragmented messaging, you've got media that's, you know, massively uh, fragmented. Um, and it's like people say, well, what is digital Kung Fu? Well, we're a storytelling agency that's built for the now. You know, we don't take briefs from clients. <laughs> we, we, we workshop the, the story and that's that. And yeah. then everything we execute against is on that story. Nothing else, nothing less. So one question that I um, want to understand from you, we're living in a very sensitive age. You know, um, I'm, I'm quite, I'm very proud to say that I am a feminist. Um, I. Q. <laughs> Can we have another one in the Amandala. house? Amanda. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and, um, it's just all about equality, but then there's also the, the gender, um, you know, rise of gender, um, equality, gender one. Um, there's the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. There's so many interesting things that are happening, but we're in a highly sensitive culture at the moment where brands can, can really tell a story and have the best purpose. I mean, Pepsi, for example, had the best intention with Kylie Jenner handing over yeah. that Black Lives Matter. That was terrible. That was an awful example. Some brands really don't get it right. Um, but. So, so big agencies getting it wrong. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it was a nice idea, poorly executed. So, you know, we're living in like social, I had Mike Stafforth on the show last week and, you know, and I agree with a lot that he says, and he was basically saying, you know, social media has fundamentally changed the way that people communicate, Mm. less so brands, Mm. because brands, you know, it's like, People hate advertising. They really do. I mean, they, the the bullshit radars are very firmly attuned now, <laughs> you know. Uh, totally and we're true. living like, what do you trust on Facebook? Nothing. You know what I mean? I hate Facebook. I, I keep uninstalling the app, and then for some stupid reason, I have to reinstall it because I need it yeah. as part of the work that we do here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's this love hate relationship with it. Um, and you know, well, just, well, I just want to ask you about that. Yeah. So now working where you have to do storytelling and, and all of that, and you have to be a practitioner. So you have to be in the Facebook world in order to, to really get and tell the story. Do you not feel that there's some sort of, yeah. So uh, like, we like 90% of our clients are technology companies. Yeah. So we don't need to be on Facebook for that. So this is LinkedIn. This is brand work that falls outside of, you know, the branded entertainment space in a lot of instances. Like my show will be on Facebook, for instance, you know, mm. um, and where our clients do have a presence on Facebook. Fantastic. But, you know, again, it's, it's, it's about generating the highest return possible for the min- minimal amount of effort. And when you have, when you 
paid a lot of money to build an audience and now you have to pay more money to reach that audience and uh, and the reason for that is because Facebook you know has share, uh, shareholders and stockholders and so forth and is motivated by profit so what do you do you stick an ad on your content and that's what they've done and so as content creators we're all looking I can tell you I know you you will agree with me that you're looking for alternatives yeah. and so and so what's already happening is that you're finding that these breakout social networks built around a tribe so for instance jujitsu there will be a jujitsu focused social network with social extensions to other platforms like YouTube and so on and so forth um, and also like there's blockchain and cryptocurrency based or token based um, uh, social media networks coming to the fore and so when you understand that that's actually where media is moving it's moving completely off these platforms that were essentially land grabbing exercises right yes i love that they 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 did an amazing job and they connected people beyond what anyone could have imagined and now it's about saying well what's next and where is value because you know brands will stay on Facebook because they have to you know it's in like fact these living artifacts yeah i mean like you know it's but like take fnb or any big bank you know it's a it's a crm channel mm. yeah you, you know, know it costs the business mm. it doesn't make the business if you're a small business then by all means, great for awareness, right? You can get Correct. people to view your videos all day long for a fraction of the cost. Fantastic. But what's that doing for you? Mm. What's it actually doing for you? Mm. Um, if you want to get leads to produce content, it's Google because mm. the intent's behind that. Mm. So, yeah. So, again, it's it's difficult to say but um, about where it's all going. But I just know that you yeah. know, it, it, it's it's not where the paradigm shifted basically mm. i would say and especially from a content creation perspective and i'm I, just further to that point change is the most constant thing in our lives um so your business change should be embedded in everything that you do so i don't think that you should be married or com- married or committed to one specific platform um there's also in my view i'm i don't trust facebook at the moment i feel that they are uh, maybe i'm wrong but I mean, like, I would have a conversation with my husband about a convers, like, something very personal, like, I mean, not that personal, but I mean, like, we would have a, a conversation about a brand. When I get home tonight. <laughs> um, and we would have a conversation about a brand. And then all of a sudden, um, I would get this ad and it's like, like, I'll give you an example. I said to my husband, you know what, babe, it would be so awesome to have one of those old record players and then play Mozart on it and then that crackling sound and just to have a different kind of ambiance to just go back in, age, in ages. Five seconds later, I get an ad from Mozart, some Mozart app or whatever. I was like, what the hell? So I'd, I, for me, there's a, there's a trust issue that's building for me because I'm starting to, to be more conscious of data and my privacy it's becoming an important thing so in 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 that regard storytelling i think it's very important to get it to the right communities um for us we have have podcast i feel that if you just i'm starting to realize like when you just share it on your own platforms people get um, fatigue and they're getting tired so you need to start putting it in the communities that topic of that day fits into this community maybe you would enjoy that. So do you find that maybe migrating your content to the right communities is maybe the best way to do it? Well, I think people want properties that they own. Think about it. If I spend 
X number of hours producing the map or this team does, right? So there's a cost associated with this show. Every second costs something. So now I, I put that on Facebook and I've got 10,000 people on my page for argument's sake and only a hundred people see that. Mm. Where is the return? So then you say to yourself, well, where are the other constraints on other platforms? So then Twitter, okay, you're constrained by character length and, and stuff like that. Um, it's like, it's the seven dead, deadly sins manifested in social media. You know, it's like Twitter is is the anger. You know, YouTube is whatever the vanity one is. You know, Correct. Um, and then Instagram probably probably better use of vanity or whatever the case is. Uh, but my point being, it's like you are you are investing in those platforms and you're not getting the return. So it, it's not sustainable. So then you say to yourself, well how do I then maximize my return? And, and this is the, the best manifestation of that is a podcast. So the Map Round show I own completely. No one will ever compete with me, ever. It's impossible. So, and the other thing is, it's like, if I, once the show goes out and any show goes out, it's like all my subscribers around the world will get an in-app notification and it'll automatically download my content and it's there for them, content on their terms, not content that they scream, you know, they're sliding through a news feed and they're busy trying. They've only got two minutes. They don't have an hour Correct. or an hour and a half or two hours, which is getting kind of my shows getting longer. But my point, my <laughs> point being, it's that it's media on, on, on the consumer's terms yeah. and it's media that you own outright. Mm. So. I mean, if you have a digital home for it, yeah, I mean, it lives, and then you have your measurability in place. Yeah, and I can swear, I can swear on the show. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. And you know what? Who's going to tell me not to? It's not a radio station. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what people resonate with. They resonate with the authentic uh, medium of audio because they can sniff bullshit in an ad, Mm. right? Or some clickbaity content on Facebook or wherever else it might live. Yeah, you know. So media that you own will always give you higher returns. So yeah, I'm not saying don't do Facebook. I'm saying do Facebook, but be, understand why mm. and how. Yeah. And every platform is different. Like you're not going to, you know, it's like you write one post, but you put it everywhere. It's like, well, that's not really the right way to do it. You know, I'm on Facebook to be entertained. YouTube, I want to learn something. Uh, LinkedIn, I want to um, understand business-related information, ideally in a visual way or through some form of storytelling method that allows me to have a new perspective on the pain that I'm suffering as a business owner, for argument's sake. Um, So, yeah, and also you can't be everywhere. You know, so context matters. Like I have a team, so I can be everywhere. Mm. If you're a startup founder, you it's very fucking bad idea to be everywhere. Like to start a podcast like what you've done and just do that mm. and have social extensions. But what you focus on is your podcast. Mm. You know, like you can build a huge network. I mean, I, I attribute, again, going back to your earlier question, I attribute a large part you know, part of success for this business because of the podcast. Mm. I built a massive network. You know, and I can tap that network up for anything. Clients, leads, referrals. I get, we get referred a lot of business. Um, it's a brand building tool. It's a sales tool. I mean, I can, I've got, I've got demonstrable use cases for all of that. Yeah. You know, I've, and I'm finding the same thing. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like explosive. Um, and it's so, so valuable, but it also gives you credibility in the market. I, I do believe that, um, you know, when you just rise up from nowhere and your name is everywhere, people want to hear what you think, what you have to say. You know, practice what you preach, which is very important. Yeah, but also it's, it's the perfect medium to tell your story in an authentic way. Correct, correct. You know, it's a conversation. Yeah. It's like, hello. 
I know. I know. I mean, this is the, this is why, guys. If if anybody of you don't have a podcast, recommend it. Come and speak to Matt. I mean, Matt really does the game very well. I just want to say a huge thank you to the Digital Kung Fu guys for really kicking my ass into gear and helping me get my brand out there and just taking me and my business to another level. So go to digitalkungfu.co.za now and let them put the Kung Fu in your ninja. I want to talk to you about something different though. Um, the Secrets of Scale this year, you did one of those um, events, one of the, the first. Maybe talk us through through that and your experience with, with the whole event. Yeah, so it was called Secrets of Scale. It brought together um, pretty much all the biggest names I have in my network. Uh, we had, you know, Vinnie Lingham. We had uh, international best-selling authors, Tom Asaka from New, uh, from Boston. We had Howard Mann, the business turnaround specialist, from also from New York. Um, and then we had Elon Rays, we had Rich Mulholland, we had, uh, I think it was like about four events, three, four panelists. Oh, Jason Goldberg from 10X Investments, uh, Manus Brutrake. It was like the who's who of business locally. Yes. And it was brought together over a series of um, four events over four weeks hosted at the Mesh Club. Mm. And the whole idea was how do you scale? So you've got a business like mine, for instance, and now you want to scale. Um, how do you do that? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, Mav was there. He did all the content for us. That was pretty much our first kind of working experience together. But, um, but yeah, I mean, off the back of that, uh, yeah, I think we had, yeah, it was about over 500 entrepreneurs through the doors. Um, I got a huge, yeah, I got a book deal off the back of that. Um, and yeah, the, again, just the, the ability to influence a market through conversation in a forum like mm. an event is awesome. It's like mm. this, but now it's exactly, in fact, this, yes. but bigger yes. on a different on subject. A bigger scale, yeah. um, and so when you have that, that the ability to interact with people, cause that's why I started that was because I'd spent so many times in boardrooms, <laughs> <laughs> so much time in boardrooms. I just got over it. So I was like, well, where's the audience? You know, he's saying this thing. Yeah. Like I want to get someone else's yeah, view. Yeah. And, and so it, it was about doing three things, trying to be informative, educational and entertaining at the same time mm. and, and giving people an experience that, you know, again, empowers them to, to do better things in their own world. And that's, that goes back to the why. Why do you do what you do? And the why here is always the same. I mean, it's, it's about helping people succeed through information sharing at scale, doing things at scale. Mm. That translates into the brand space with storytelling and content. Uh, but ultimately, the why is the same. It's one of contribution. It's not one that's driven from self. And that was the biggest shift for me. That 26-year-old dude was a dickhead, mm. you know, when he failed in London because he was just, he just wanted to stand up in front of people and be awesome, you know. And so the narrative, and the, the why was wrong. It wasn't like, I can tell you now, like if you chase money, you will inevitably fail at some point. It's highly, 100%. your probability of failure is 100%. much higher. If your, if your why is one of contribution, and is organized from some form of spiritual place and sort of a set of principles, your probability of succeeding is much higher. Mm. Because when you get hit in the face, uh, you have the ability to stand up again because your why doesn't involve your ego. It actually involves something greater than yourself. And so uh, Tesla, Elon Musk, you know, SpaceX, all the, like all these really big companies, even Apple to an extent, the why there was about empowering people to with the tools so that they can live better lifestyles. Uh, Facebook even was to connect people so that they can share moments and information that uh, is important to them and their family and friends. 
you know, it's all the biggest companies that I can think of outside of your, you know, monolithic fucking companies like GM and stuff like that. You know, all your new tech companies, the true billion, like even Airbnb belong. Yeah. You know, belong anywhere. You know, all these bit, there's, there's a huge movement towards sustainable enterprise and Facebook question mark over that. Um, but, uh, but it's your point. It's like you can create a business that is sustainable and that makes a difference. You know, it's no longer about just chasing the, the figures. Definitely. The results will come later. Out of your secrets of scale, you had a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of trailblazers there. What are the five lessons and who did you learn them from and how did you calibrate it into your organization? <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> Hello, so, I'll let you warm up. So, I'll let you warm up. Uh, now, now we're going to get into so it. So I'm going to hand this over to Mav because he was there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, we, we, we have 24 hours of content there. So I'm going to have to try to, try to think through it. Do you want my mic? No, that's too shy. <laughs> so I think I think the first one is know why you want to scale. Yeah. Why do you want to scale? Because it's okay just to, I mean, this business could be this size, turn over the same amount of million a year for the next 20 years. Great. What's wrong with that? Mm. What There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay not to scale, right? You can be a, like run a hair salon, one hair salon that just – like the Turkish barber that I go to in Morningside, like they certainly aren't interested in scale, but God damn, they're busy, yeah. you know, and like they've the got... and Parkers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, why haven't they scaled? But then you look at... Okay, but great example. So you got, you've got Rockets and Parkhurst, okay? Yeah. Sorry, not Ro Rockets. Yeah, Rockets, yeah. Rockets. And so Sean Barber's a friend of mine. So now he's got 13 plus stores. Yeah. But now Rockets... Uh, sorry, um, um, Espresso... espresso. What happened to them? I know. What happened to them? Do you know what I mean? Like they never ever scale, but they could have. Do you see? So, yeah. but that's okay for them. I mean, they don't even they don't even let you pay by credit card. You have to pay cash. Yeah, well, the you know, <laughs> story's there. <laughs> but, but they have the best pizzas. Oh no, best pizza ever, dude. <laughs> it's my go-to. Uh, but uh, but anyway, my point is, know why you want to scale. If yeah. you do want to scale, then understand that that's going to come at a price. So you're going to sacrifice your equity. Mm -hmm. In, in most likelihood um, you're going to sacrifice your team you're going to sacrifice your home life because the bigger it gets the, so the, the com more complicated it gets the problems don't go away They like you know if you're a, a one person small business you're going to have a cash flow issue day one <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, if you're a 500 man business like Robbie Brosen when he when he founded Nando's he had like 38 stores and couldn't pay his staff so it it the problems just get bigger; they don't go away. Mm. So you have to you have to be really, really honest with yourself and say, "Well, why do you want to scale?" Mm. Like we want to um, open up an office in America next year because you know, obviously, just I think America is just the gold mine for, of opportunity there. Um, and so, but why do I want to scale? Because for only one reason is because I'm curious about how big it can get. Mm. That's the only reason. Um, and so, yeah. So, so know why you want to scale. That's it. Okay, um, that's, that's the first thing. Um, other things was like think local, scale global. So get your product right here. Get your processes right. Your team. Like we built some amazing IP here, um, which is replicable. So if you don't have that internal IP, how on earth are you ever going to scale? So we have that. <clears throat> um, and then also understanding that uh, people, 
mm-hmm. is your thing. Know what skills and resources you need to help scale. So I need a management team. That's what we're doing in Q1 next year. So to your point, not doing a, like a lot, like 10 different things, actually just doing one yeah. or two. Um, um, and then um, some other things that came out. Mav, anything comes to mind for you? You were there for 24 hours. Nothing at all. <laughs> Mike. Like, get the I think uh, Tom Asek had a good point in saying that uh, you can't really scale a business if your mindset is not right. Mm-hmm. You have to have the correct mindset to scale a business. Mm-hmm. And that's what came out for me from the Secrets of Scale events. Yeah. The main thing is just mindset in businesses. And how can that affect your business and how can you scale with the correct mindset? Mm. Mm. And then another thing that came through was perseverance. You know, so... I've had Vinny Lingham on my show twice and you know, both times he said the same thing. It's like, if you want to scale, then you have to have perseverance, like your number one quality 100%. because it's just, you're taking on so much responsibility also in that process. The one thing I will say is, you know, the more responsibility you take on in your life, the more meaning you have. Mm. It's like, you know, when you're young, you you don't know what your purpose and your passion is and who fucking cares? You haven't lived, yeah. you know, but when you, when you, when Although you, the youth is, is quite purpose driven. Yeah, I know. But I'm saying in general, right. It's like, you don't need to have the answer. Yeah. No, what, true, what you true. need to do, if you really want to discover your meaning and your purpose is to take on more responsibility and mm. the greatest responsibility in my experience outside of family you can ever have is to employ people. Mm. And they have the same vision as you. Well, the, the the thing is having the same vision, sure, um, but also they're not going to be as excited about you mm. as, as much as you are about the business, yeah, ever, yeah. So it's not right for you. So it's to all about the that. leadership. You know what I'm saying, Matt? I'm right. <laughs> Even though he loves it, right? You love it, yeah, right? <laughs> you Listen, suck. that answer I was like, I'm not convinced. Oh my goodness. What yeah. is going on here? I'm no, taking I'm someone else to London. <laughs> oh, I'm joking. Okay. I want to understand um, because w- with growth comes a lot of pain, as you we've just discussed. What are some of the bl- – or name some of the blind spots um, that you didn't see coming and how you dealt with it, where you've messed up, some of those unprepared moments? Um, hmm. You can't say it never – no, 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 no. We, no. We've had plenty. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, taking on the wrong client because you need the money. Um, Value. Yeah. Value system, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you might, the, you know, there's many right clients, but there's only a few that might be right for you. Mm. Um, I think also. That should be tweeted, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and the other thing would be to say that uh, when you're a startup, you are oftentimes forced to say yes to things you don't really need to say yes to. Mm. So you can define your business by saying no. That's come up on the show from Rich and also from uh, Mike. Um, But also um, it's like, I think just get some runway in play. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and know how you, and let the, also the thing is you, like, you don't need to have all the answers, like let the market dictate where your business goes. That's mm-hmm. kind of, cause the moment I stopped dictating, then things took off. That's p- pretty much what happened. It's like when you're a startup, you have an idea, a vision to your point about what you want to build. But in reality, it's like a business plan. It's worthless. 
you don't Thank really, you, you don't Thank really you. know. It's nice to get your thinking down and okay, I'm going to do this. But when you actually hit the ground, it's well, this is actually real. The there is no market gone. here. Like there might be a gap in the market, but is there a market in the gap? Mm. You know, and so stop dictating and start letting the market dictate to you. Mm. And and the other thing that's really come through for me recently is just like become aware of your own drama that you create because you hold on to things. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, well, that. just fucking let it go. Yeah. So what? Let it yeah. burn. If you, and I mean, like, it's, uh, you know, if, to scale, sometimes you have to do things that don't scale. Yeah. And, um, and in the process of that, doing that, you just yeah. sometimes need to let fires burn. Mm. You know, it's like, well, just let it go because it, you know, it's just driving you insane that this thing is happening. And why is this happening? I don't understand. You know, we've done everything possible. Just stop. Correct. And detach from it and let it go. And move on and focus on the thing that you need to do, which is to keep, in my case, is to grow my people and grow this business. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's that laser focus, you know. Yeah. You can't care. I mean, my husband, um, when, when he met me, I was very naive and like dancing and tiptoeing through the tulips. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I have managed to grow profoundly um, under his mentorship. But... <laughs> but He's going to kill me if he hears that I'm talking about it. <laughs> Babe, please don't watch. <laughs> um, but, but the thing is, is stop being so nice and, and trying to always impress people because I think nature, what we always try and do is be super nice. We, people, we love them. And, and then sometimes uh, to your point, we say yes to the wrong things because we want to please people. And that please, pleasing people syndrome, um, can really destroy you as a person. Yeah. And it actually can you can't grow properly from from not learning how to say no properly. Yeah, well, it's a balancing act. Correct. You know, because I'm very direct. I'll just say, I mean, my guys. Not all people are like you. No, but but no, exactly. So you you need to know um, how you're going to horse trade with your the way that you know you translate what you're experiencing and then how you communicate both mm. internally and externally in the business. Correct. So. It's a, it's hard because like the things I want to say sometimes and you, and you have, to, you just have to not Sorry. say those things. And then you got to wait two days to send that email. <laughs> like, ah! So my team's shaking their head going, no, Matt just says it here. So I'm saying many to clients. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys just, there's no buffer. It just comes straight out. Q, you, you know, I love you. Don't be like that. <laughs> Look at that face. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but it's a, it's hard, man. You know, and that's a skill. Yeah, it's no, a, it really skill. Is a skill. No, there's no book that teaches you that yeah. ever. Yeah, you know. So I'm I'm enjoying. I'm I'm now moving towards forty. So I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm just going, like, you know what? Whatever you're saying to me is utter bullshit. I don't believe you. Just move on. Let's just like, whatever. <laughs> what? No, I'm. <laughs> I, don't, I yeah. don't usually swear, not because my mom told me it's not polite, but I do swear now and then. Sorry. <laughs> God, I should have been a comedian. Damn. Taking up the wrong career. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about hustle. I love the word hustle. <laughs> but I think people... No, 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 no. But this is exactly my point. I think it's overused. It's like disruptive innovation. It's like we use it all the time and we say, Oh my God, I'm going to hustle my way through this and I'm going to hustle this job and I'm going to hustle, hustle, hustle. But the problem is, is like it sounds to me like people are grabbing at straws and don't have a long-term vision. So you have this daily hustle and whatever. Fuck no. <laughs> like, 
Are you teaching people to have short vision or long vision? Because I'm all about future fit. So I'm just trying that, to understand that. That was a branding fail. Oh, thank God. I was like, oh my that, God. That's probably the biggest fail. So so this year, we it was only to launch a Telegram group. It was always the Matt Brown show, right? So like we have this branded studio and we have, you know, Zapiro and... Chris, Jeff, there, and anyway, a whole bunch of people. Carmen and Mary signing the bricks on the wall, sort of thing. <laughs> and so, and so, at our <laughs> at our previous studio, we had uh, the Daily Hustle branded mm-hmm. because the idea was to drive interaction on the Telegram group. So that was probably the biggest failure actually this year, in the sense of one, it was a branding fail. So I took a lot of shit on social media from really? that. Really? Because. Um, Funnily enough, one of the chicks uh, who are, who is in the Telegram group, who was very active in it and so forth, had a podcast called The Daily Fucking Hustle. So, so, uh-uh. so all her mates were like, "Ah, oh, why well, you need to call it the Matt Brown Show and this and that." So I was like, "No, it is the Matt Brown Show. It's just." Part of because we were we launched also. You do have the best podcast, so you're you're <coughs> taking her lights away. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a bit. I first uh, what's her name? Tasneem. I phoned Tasneem. I said, "Listen, is this huh? an issue?" And she said, "No, it's not." So I said, "Well, can you please speak to your 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 tribe of fans and explain to them that it wasn't an exercise of stealing your brand because the shows are fundamentally yeah. different." Uh, it was purely to your point. The, the word hustle and my goal was to get interactive and personal with as many entrepreneurs as possible because mm. podcasting's great but it's still it's not as interactive as one would like yeah but a chat app like telegram was a great idea you know still is I think that's a brilliant idea it's by the just way. Yeah. it's just you know it was it was launched incorrectly so then we moved now you can clearly see that we've got these huge Matt Brown show signs so there is no confusion <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Anyway, it was a it was a branding fail on our side. But you know, lessons learned. You just some things you you don't know until you're in market with an idea. But so. good on you for recognizing that and owning up to it and say it didn't work out. Now let's move on because I think many people cling on to things so much mm. with the hope that it's going to work out and it doesn't. And sometimes just let it go, as you say. Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> This is Mark Keating from Sales Guru, and I've been very fortunate to have worked with Matt and his team from Digital Kung Fu for the last several months. I chose Matt and his team to really tell my story as a speaker and looking also at Sales Guru's story as a sales training organization. And probably the biggest thing outside of the amazing quality of their work is really the service that Matt and his team go far beyond any expectations that I've had so far. And I'd highly recommend them to any organization or individual looking for quality content and assistance. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, question. question. Question in the house. Who, Booyah. Who is it? So, Brenton asks, how does one ensure they maintain a positive mindset even when things are getting to a point where you feel like the world is against you? Wow. That's deep. <sighs> you that go for, me? for that. <laughs> I'll fill in the color. <laughs> hey, hey, Brenton, thanks for the question. How does one maintain a positive mindset? Um, well, I guess it actually comes down when you think, okay, so just take mindset. So mindset is a, is a group of values and beliefs that you hold in your head. And when things get tough and those, those beliefs that you have and those values that you have get questioned and interrogated and put to the test, 
um, it takes a lot of soul searching to to really work out what the answer is to that. Um, the only thing that I would say is that it's a personal thing, so there's I don't, there's nothing I can say that can help you with that really. But what I would say is, if you want to get out of your head, get into your body. Go hit something. Go fight. Good Not advice. people, but I'm saying, get in. Like, go this take thing a baseball bat. Dance on it. <laughs> so I don't know who you're hitting with it or what you're hitting with it, but there's dance on this. Yeah. <laughs> but further to Brent's um, point, something that I believe is also very valuable to keep a positive um, frame of mind is the rituals that you take. Yeah. You know Meditate, your, your morning daily rituals. Make mm. time for yourself. Um, five o'clock. Wake up in the morning and 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 feed your soul before you start facing the world. I think having daily rituals, blocking out your calendar for you for developing you. Because if you don't fill your cup, you're never going to be able to. Yeah. You know, it's be great of service. Yeah. Meditate. Uh, do, Meditation. Do works. the things that you yeah. love with the people that you love. Um. Have a man down day. So men are often told to man up. So actually just go and man down. Like I, you know, I won't tell you guys this, but I'll be like, get going. Where's my shit? And then I'll go and take a man down day. (laughs) But you must reciprocate that. No, no, but you know, they get get lots of time off. Don't you? He says. Uh-huh. Listen. Yeah, but, <laughs> he sounds but, like a dictator. I'm not like, scared of him. <laughs> Jeez. Hey? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm joking. But, I'm just chasing. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's, it's, it is a, it's a case of, you know, finding things that work for you to disconnect from, from things because, you know, at, you know, it's like when you're stuck inside the bottle, you can't read the label to mm. quote hard man. Yeah. So the only thing that you can do is to go and get perspective. So, uh, you know, smoke a joint. Do a tequila, whatever it is. I'm busy growing for you. seeds. You know, uh, I'm busy growing seeds. Go, go for a massage or go for a run. I don't know. Shut the hope I'm shit. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, those. It's you. You got to work that out for you. You know. No, it's true. Um, okay, so what does a smart year end look like? A what? A smart year end. What does a smart year end look like? What do you mean? A smart year end. <laughs> What does that mean? So you are, we are all going towards the end of 2018. Uh, what is the the year all about for you? What what makes the, what is a good height to to really close the year with? The show. Booyah! Booyah! Give them a round of applause. Yay! Okay. Um, another thing I wanted to to do. Um, I think it's, isn't it time for the Injustice League? Yeah, let's do Come, it. Let's do some Injustice League. That's over to you, Mav. Oh, so this is the part of the show where Matt gets to smash something, not his stuff. With a baseball bat. So Matt, what is your injustice? Um I think dealing with corporate bureaucracy. <laughs> so just yeah, I mean just been engaging with some really big companies and the red tape uh that you have to go through and the ridiculous situations that you have to endure to get paid um, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, just um, I, we try and stay as far away from corporates as possible for that one reason. It's actually too much pain to to grow your business that way. We'd rather have clients that are, you know, mid-level or maybe, you know, just flexible enough to, to load you as a vendor without having to, you know, Mm. wait six weeks to do that sort of thing um yeah so yeah it's just it's just really painful for a lot of startups to deal with uh regulation and compliance and stuff like that so yeah that's my injustice i wish a lot of that red tape would go away Booyah. yeah bring it in here where's my bat 
Yeah, the one, obviously the one with the dents. Is it? Listen, if you could see it on the camera, this is like crazy. Okay, so bring bring Rainbow in here. Yeah. Do I have to step away? You're gonna have to go. Yeah. Shit. What machine? Okay. That machine? No. It'll be fine. I'm gonna be. <laughs> okay. So we have Rainbow Dash here personifying corporate red tape. Why? Because unicorns are billion-dollar market cap companies. That's why Rainbow Dash is here today. Okay, here we go. That, my friends, is how you destroy Rainbow Dash. <laughs> Zach and Stuart eat your heart out. They, like, cracked it. <laughs> it's oh, completely in half. Oh, wait, there's something. What's this? Oh, no, it's nothing. Sorry, I was just being hopeful. So where do we put this? Uh, you can just put it on the table. It's like, I don't like rules. It's like okay, roadkill. Showkill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed that. That was and immense. You did it with one hand. Did, did I? I? Yeah. Well done. It's all my training, but listen, it's flexing other muscle now. No, no, you got your, you got your one flex in the Okay, all right. So I want to talk about the following. So I went to the Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to read this, so I do apologize. I went to the Urban Dictionary to see what do they say about Matt Brown. <laughs> you see, they say you walk like an Egyptian, and you're a tizwas. A tizwas, and a tizwas. Informal, a state of confusion, anxiety, or excitement. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> ah, then I think this one, I think Matt went to go and fill in, fill in, fill in himself. Um, M- Matt um, says, um, they like to look good and dress well, handsome and charming, very successful at life, make great dads. The last part's mainly true. Okay. <laughs> I'm awesome. Okay, so... Awesome dad. Super dad, gotcha. <laughs> Super dad! Well done. Okay, so who is Matt Brown? Who are you really? And what are you all about beyond all of this? Um, yeah, who really knows? Um, I, I, I think I've asked... Funny, I've, I've asked that question to a few guests because I like, what's, your, what's, you know, who are you and, you know, what's the headline story you want to share with the listeners? And most people are like, well, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and this and other, and again, just a story. And then Brian Altrich, founder of Rocker Mamas, was like, I don't know, mm. you know, and that was like a two-hour marathon podcast because he's a spiritual dude doing things, you know, in an innovative way, which is why Rocker Mamas is working so well. But, um, but yeah, it's a difficult question. I would say that, you know, it's on my tattoo here. It's actually just about like, you know, becoming. I'll read it. I'll read okay, it. Okay, go. Okay. Read it. Trust the weight. Embrace the uncertainty. Enjoy the beauty of becoming. When nothing is certain, anything is possible. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's actually about. We should take a picture yeah. of that. No, okay. Come on. Later. Later. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's it's about becoming, you know, and and that's that's really what I think entrepreneurs have to their disposal more than any other kind of, uh, you know, calling. I suppose is because you have to grow so much to mm. to be successful. Mm. You know, you really do. It's not about chasing success. It's actually about chasing the learning that success 
promises and in the pursuit of reaching a goal, mm. um, how, what you learn about yourself um, and who you become. Mm. It's, so entrepreneurship is more about becoming than it is about building things. Mm. Going back to my earlier points mm. about it being more personal than it is about business at the mm. end of the day. Mm. Yeah, so so who am I as, I'd say, a student of becoming? And personally, as a family man? Yeah, I uh, love my family to death, eh? I was uh, had Christmas carols on, I think, on Monday. It was like five in the morning. Both my kids were up. I'm like tired as hell. And I had like <laughs> Michael Bublé Christmas carols playing. And I, got all, and I was feeding my baby and I got all emotional. I had my son in my lap and I was like, fuck, I'm so lucky. You know. Love that. Mm. Date nights. Date nights. What's that? <laughs> I just want to understand if it's a normal thing because we as entre- entrepreneurs can never switch off and be pre- I battle with being present. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, because I'm always thinking, I need to do this, I need to change this, and, and I'm very agile. So sometimes being present is very hard, and giving that time for your loved one, that date night thing, do you get to do that? Yeah, we do. Um, it's not as often as we'd like, mm. and usually you're just so exhausted, you're like, want to collapse. Yeah. But to your point about being present, that's a really big thing. Yeah. You know, being able to, to say, like, well, when you're home, you're home. Like, I leave here. These guys know I say I'm going to go start my second job now. <laughs> so, and I leave here religiously at five. Like I don't care how busy the studio is because, you know, family is way more important than anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't check emails, you know, I, I, usually I don't take phone calls unless I know it's coming. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, being present and being able to detach is also a skill, mm. you know, otherwise you'll go crazy. You'll burn out. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Um, I also know that you're a you're a very good dad, and um, you you have a, a new one, to, a little girl, yep. seven months old, to the family, which is keeping you up at night. You, you you're coping very well. <laughs> what I'm seeing here is looking good, so it's fine. Um, but what is it like raising a child in the 21st century? Hardest job in the world, by far. It's I think for me, it's it, there's more challenge in that than there is in running a business. I mean, they're comparable, uh, but it's way harder. Like, you have to understand, businesses can fail, and then you'll start another one. You know what I mean? If you fuck up your kids, like, you don't get to, oh, let me uh, 3D print my my baby again and start over. Sorry, love, you know, that thing that we, no, no. mm. Yeah. So, you can't do that, not yet, you know, but uh, (laughs) we can always live in hope. But, but, uh, but yeah, but it's, it's easily the most challenging job in the world because it's just very, very real. You know, the, the consequences, consequences are profound, you know. And so that's why I say like, you've got to be the best person you can be to be present. You can't be getting smashed on a Friday night or on a Thursday or on a Monday or on a Christmas party or whatever, and then expect to be present. With your mm. kids the next day. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. again, there's sacrifice in that. There's a price that you pay. Mm. So you have to, again, it's that negotiation that you have with yourself, you know. But, um, but yeah, there's no rule. There's no book. Again, equally, there's no book for business. So there's, they're comparable. But, uh, but I suppose when you're so emotionally invested in something, um, like, a, like a child and like a wife and that, then, you know, that's a fundamentally different game. Mm. Totally. Well, um, we ha- we are going to move over to the game. But first, of- I'm going to ask Alexa, sing us a country song. 
Who, me? I couldn't. I hit it. When my wife left me. <laughs> While she's singing. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, is there presence in that? No. Isn't there? What is it? So, um, my, my hijack host is pulling out stockings <laughs> and Christmas hats. <laughs> this is worrying okay, Alexa, me. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, stop. Alexa. Alexa, stop. She is. Really wow. She really wants to get her points across. Okay, the words you that was fun. AI, so and, and Siri and all of that. Okay, all right. So, Alexa, fifteen second timer, please. In fifteen seconds, name eleven official languages of South Africa. This is for me. Yeah. All oh, right. No, Alexa, that's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, stop. It's like a child. That's- <laughs> That's petulant. <laughs> look, you really, like, look, you really need to work on your relationship with her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You only get to do it once. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to ask you questions. You've got 15 seconds to answer it. So, Alexa, 15 second time. Oh, did I say it right? <laughs> Maybe we should move on to a new game. <laughs> no, you're okay. Um, Alexa, stop. Okay, so yeah, we're just going to leave that. Okay, cool. Okay, so you time. Oh, thanks. Okay. Why don't you just throw me okay. under the bus? Oh, she is on a mission. Hang on, let me just silence her. Okay, cool. All right. On your marks, get set, go. English. Yeah. Afrikaans. Yeah. Zulu. Yeah. Kosa. Yeah. Tswani. <laughs> Say it better. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Situ. Ah, you missed it. Oh, I could keep going. Oh, you were saying it so slow. <laughs> okay, next one. In the South African anthem, we have five languages. Name oh, them. My God. Go Q. Do it. English, Afrikaans, Zulu, Sutu. <laughs> Come on, one more. Cause uh, no, yes. you got it! Yay! Okay. <laughs> okay. Next one. Okay. So now we're gonna. I'm um, doing the next one. So name five things that you can only find in South Africa. Uh, jeez, tough one. Um, rhino. What bulltong? No, you get beef jerky. Okay, but we call it bulltong. <laughs> Um, Bokums. Do you know what that is? Bunny chow, pap. Um, pap not polenta. You get over Polenta. Oh! Okay. Fuck you, so You fired. Get out. Okay. So for your great effort, put your hand in and take out a chocolate, please. Oh my god. Here goes my diet. Da 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 da. What is in here? Oh my god. What is this, this thing? Is coming from home. This is our oh, Christmas yeah. chocolate sock. Okay. Regal selection. You I shouldn't know, have. And I shouldn't have. I should have quality streets. I know. Okay. Anyway, next one. 
Put your hand. <laughs> okay, do I even get a chance to eat my chocolate? What is in here? <laughs> if it moves. I'm, if it moves. But I love that you're giving me I presents. Oh, What, 30 seconds? Okay. No, we're not. So are we doing... Okay, go. <laughs> okay, 30 seconds. You have to explain things to me in 30 seconds. So we're, we're going to play one round. Okay, go. No, you have to Oh, right. Okay, well, I must explain it. Oh, this, is the timer ready? One, two, three. Hablas Espanol. Spanish. Uh-huh. And what country is it from? Spain. Yes, there you go. Amazing! I'm all of them. Okay. Why? I didn't play this game. Okay, fucking hell. Uh, it was the last, and then it was a movie with Bruce Willis. Okay, when you go and you Die hunt a... No, no, no. Okay. I hate this Come fucking on, game. Man. Shut up, man! <laughs> There's too much pressure God damn it Where, where you go and get okay. Oh Okay we have to do another one That was a warm up This is hard Okay Okay I'm sorry Were you up from one until four last night? So. Okay Right One okay. Two Three Oh national airline South African airlines uh, uh, It's a game that you play Where you drop them And then you pick them up again you drop them and you pick them up. Yeah, they're like they're like toothpicks. Oh, <gasps> I almost said ching chong cha, but no, uh, chopsticks. Uh, pick up sticks, pick up yes, sticks, yes. pick up sticks. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, Afrikaans uh, cricket player. Oh, He's got the same at... surname as Jean, our rugby player. I'm not into that. Oh my god. Move on. Okay, it's like it's a okay. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Now we're at my favorite game. I can't wait to play this. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been planning this, this is... one. No. And I've made sure that it has been cleaned and it's hygienic and it's actually brand new. You. Put the head. <laughs> the hell's going on there? Okay. Wait, wait. Is this a dildo? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Okay, I've got it. Got it. Put it in the mouth. No. Yes. Oh my god. I can't do this. You can. If it is the generous country, I went through a lot of effort to make sure you had it. So. Okay, I'm uh, making Sonal do this. Come, Sonal. I want you front and center. You have to do it. You are the hero here, Matt. How does it? Okay. How does it work? Don't touch it now. You've corrupted it. Well, you put it on my dirty green studio table. This is sif. Okay, put it in your mouth like this. And no, take your hand. Like how dentists when you go to the hand there. Like that. That part needs to go into your mouth. Like this? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, don't worry. We'll, we'll close the screen so that you can do it in privacy. No. <laughs> So he can wipe his mouth. Can we hand it? Okay, there's a card. I don't know what it is. You need to explain to us what is on there, but you have to do it with emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see what's going on behind you. 
They are hysterical. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. What? What language is that? Say again. Hunger. Hunger. Anger. 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 Hanger. Hanger. England. Scotland, Wales. Listen. Oh, fuck, that hurts. Okay, I'm calling time on that one. Okay, all right. What was it? Vonna White makes my walnuts tingly. This is the most corrupt game. I know, I love it. Okay, well, for the effort, take another chocolate. Oh, you just try, thanks. Just want to say thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, I really awesome. had a ball. You've been awesome. Um, Round of applause to Carmen, <laughs> thanks. And now, we're closing off the Christmas show, and we're wishing everybody out there the most beautiful Christmas. Rest well, and uh, stay tuned to Matt Brown and see what's coming up. Merry Christmas, everyone. Woo woo! <laughs> what is in it? Okay. Awesome. One Another one. Okay, cool. Ready? One, go. Two, three. Go. Oh, okay. Boom. Chaka laka. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Merry Mark Christmas. Mark. All the best. Ciao. <laughs> This edition of the Map Round Show is brought to you by networkspace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at Network Space up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about Network Space, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right Right here at networkspace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.